0: Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. It's my pleasure to be with you again. Of course, we're recording the video and live streaming on YouTube, and the show goes out on Binge Network's television. Today, we're going to be talking about how to handle a verbally abusive friend, family member, life partner, coworker, anybody who's verbally abusive. And so to start, I have a couple questions. First, do you fear that you're the victim of verbal abuse? Or do you fear that you're a verbal abuser? Well, today we are gonna discover my 10 ways to handle a verbally abusive person. And if you're verbally abusive, I'm going to show you how to rein in your tongue. Now, people sometimes think, oh, well, what's the difference? I blew off steam. I said this crummy thing, but it's over. It's not like I belted you. This is untrue. In fact, I'm going to say to you that paradoxically, verbal abuse can actually do more harm sometimes than physical abuse because we don't have a memory of physical sensations. If someone pushes you, you can't remember what that feels like. But when somebody says something damaging to you, your memory can replay the words again and again, causing you to be re-injured over and over again by the damaging words. So just keep that in mind and realize verbal abuse is very dangerous and damaging. We're also going to take a trip to the bedroom for my reading between the sheets segment. And this week, we're going to talk about he chickens whenever I want sex. And I'm working with a woman whose boyfriend flies the coop whenever she's looking for her rooster to give her a little cock-a-doodle-doo. And then later in the show, I'll be sharing my answers to three advice column questions that were submitted to AskDoctorLove.com. The first is help me not drive him away. And in this question, I'm advising a woman who doesn't realize that she's angry until after she's lost it on her boyfriend. The next question, very troubled, I help a man who swears his girlfriend has a satellite link up to a computer with a catalog of all the things he's done wrong. And he wants to know how to help her stop throwing ancient history in his face whenever they fight. And lastly, verbal abuser, I assist a woman who says that both she and her boyfriend take turns verbally abusing each other, and she asks me to tell her how they can get over the hurt that they both carry over the terrible things that they've said to each other in anger. All right, but before we get to the questions, let's dive into today's topic of verbal abuse and how to handle it. So do you secretly fear that you're the victim of verbal abuse, or could you be a verbal abuser and maybe not even know you are? Or maybe you're already well aware that verbal abuse has your relationship by the throat. Now, obviously there are many kinds of abuse, physical, sexual, and verbal. And in the end, all forms of abuse boil down to the psychological abuse that leaves lasting emotional scars. Verbal abuse is, of course, the most insidious form of abuse because its scars are actually permanent But don't kid yourself, even though those scars are invisible, they are very real and lasting all the same. So to determine whether you're the victim of verbal abuse or an abuser yourself, we first need to be clear on what verbal abuse is. Obviously, you can't diagnose a condition when you don't know its symptoms. So first, I'm going to spell out the symptoms of verbal abuse so you can find out whether verbal abuse is happening in your life. And we're going to find out And put a stop to it because, this is very important for you to know, research shows us that verbal abuse is often a prelude to physical violence. So it's imperative that we eliminate verbal abuse before it devolves into physical harm or even death. Then I'm going to show you how to respond if you are the victim of verbal abuse. And last but not least, if you are the one who is abusive, I'm going to give you my proven steps on how to rein in your mouth. Now, here's an interesting tidbit. Most victims of abuse don't even realize that they're being abused. And similarly, most abusers don't realize that they're verbally abusive. Part of this blindness comes from the fact that most people think of abuse as physical, which is more obvious and blatant when it happens, while verbal abuse can be more subtle, insidious, and harder to identify. And just so you know, If you were raised in a verbally abusive family, verbal abuse will actually seem normal to you. And this means you don't even recognize when you are being verbally abused or when you are engaged in verbal abuse. So I have a very sad example I can share with you about this. It was a couple of years ago, and I was friendly with a therapist colleague, and she had an adopted son who was 12 years old at the time. And her son and I became very fond of each other. And we ended up taking a vacation together, the three of us. And while we were together in close quarters, I witnessed her calling him an A-hole and telling him to go F himself. Now, she didn't say A-hole or go F himself. She used the full words. I couldn't stand by and allow this behavior to go on because silence is condoning, And it's no different than standing by and condoning a crime. So I couldn't condone this. And I told her so that her son could hear and be validated by the truth that she was verbally abusing him. And the child told me afterwards that he was grateful that I said so because he didn't know. And the mother swore that she didn't know she was abusive because her own mother spoke to her in this way. So what exactly constitutes abuse? You know, it's interesting because the definition of the word abuse, abuser, which is from the French, which itself is from the Latin abusare, ab from away, plus uti, which is used, to use up. And if you think about when you verbally abuse another person, you are using up that person like a vampire. When a person vents his or her rage on another, the abuser is draining the other's life force, using the victim as fortification, and the abuser actually lifts himself up at the other's expense. What does verbal abuse sound like? Well, think of the use of words like clubs that beat down the other person. Verbal abuse consists of name-calling, put-downs, belittling, character assassinations, You'll notice lots of hurtful adjectives, cheap, weakling, dumbass, stupid, lowlife, chicken, loser, cheapskate, snob, snob, fat, and so on. You'll also hear criticizing, attacking, and blaming. These are forms of verbal abuse. And even sarcasm, which is agreement or praise that isn't meant. And that can be a form of verbal abuse. Like, for example, yeah, that's right. That's brilliant. What a genius right? Also, vocal tones like a raised voice, yelling, and screaming also fall into the verbal abuse category when it's directed at another person. And of course, swearing at another person falls into this category as well. So in short, we're talking about acted out anger. Now, what do I mean by this term, acted out anger? If you've read my book, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, I talk a lot about acted out anger. And by acting out, I refer to the way people dump raw anger on each other, literally taking emotional turds on each other's heads and using their words like clubs to harm and bash each other. And I want you to know also that anger itself is actually normal and even a healthy emotion. We're born with it. Anger is actually our life force. It drives us to crawl, to walk, and to achieve. It also propels us to protect ourselves from harm. Anger is a warning light. It's nothing more. When anger is sparked, it's a sign that your emotional or physical toes have been stepped on so that you can stand up and take notice. Properly channeled, anger can be capable of moving mountains. It can be sublimated into great work. And interestingly, while I was on a vacation, I met a man who was deeply religious, and he was talking to me about the need to suppress all anger because his minister said it leads to violence. What a misguided notion, because in the end, this kind of suppression is as unhealthy as acting out the anger, and paradoxically, suppressing anger in fact puts a person at risk of blowing up later and becoming the very abuser that he's trying so hard not to be. The point here is you don't want to deny feelings of anger. Instead you want to develop a strong enough emotional muscle to bear the emotional weight and not speak or act until you've had a chance to study the feeling understand what's causing it, and then consciously decide what is the best use of this feeling. The point to remember is anger isn't the problem. It's what we do with this intense emotion, how we handle it that may become a problem. The problem is that most people dump raw rage onto others and verbally abuse them. And I want you to know that it is the goal of all evolved people to practice the discipline of harnessing this raw emotion and transforming it into constructive communications that benefit all parties. My point is you don't ever want to gratify yourself by venting raw anger at someone else's expense, at someone else's expense. And I do mean gratify because when we dump on someone else, it's like we're taking a poop. There's a release in taking a poop we don't want to do this. Think of anger as simply an accelerator pedal that merely fuels you to assert yourself constructively, nothing more. And I always say, getting your rocks off may feel good in the moment, but on the rocks is where your relationships will end up because whatever you say or do, boomerangs back on you. And if you hurt another person, you ultimately hurt yourself. This is because the other person will inevitably pay you back in spades. And keep in mind that if you were raised in an abusive household, you likely have faulty brain wiring that tells you it's acceptable to put others down. You saw it growing up. Your parents taught you by example that abuse is okay. So think of your brain like a computer. It has built-in permissions that allow abuse to continue. And to change these permissions, you need to erase your hard drive and reprogram your computer with a new message that says abuse is not allowed. Let me give you a few other points that I want you to remember. Men tend to be socialized to go to anger, which covers up the more vulnerable emotions of hurt or fear and sadness. When men are angry, a good first step is for them to recognize the anger as a smokescreen and figure out what you are really feeling beneath the anger. I want you to also know that verbal abuse is always a symptom of old scars from childhood. Either you were verbally abused and you are continuing a familiar pattern, symbolically trying to fix an abusive parent, or you witnessed verbal abuse and you are repeating what you observed. And very often, Couples are married to verbal abuse because they are unconsciously using each other as punching bags to beat up on and pay back the parents who harmed them. And if verbal abuse is escalating, if your fights are becoming worse, beware, because as I said earlier, physical abuse often follows on the heels of verbal abuse. And in these cases, you have to immediately seek professional help because remember, out of control verbal abuse is a prelude to physical violence. And also, for the record, you need to know that when abuse occurs in a relationship, it's very common to point the finger at the abuser and for the victim to play Mr. or Ms. Innocent. And very often, people who play the victim are actually involved in an unconscious game in which they themselves release a lot of anger by playing the victim. I had a patient who's a really good example of this. She used to run full force into the wall and knock herself unconscious, playing the victim. Ultimately, right. And before she went unconscious, she would think, now my parents are going to really suffer when they see how badly I'm hurt. So the victim is actually pointing the finger at the abuser and saying, you meanie, look at how you harmed me. Look how you ruined my life. So it's very important if you are being abused to take a look at what you may be doing or saying that is provoking the other person's anger and pushing his or her buttons so that you can be a victim. Now, again, I'm not saying that the abuser is behaving properly and I'm not giving any kind of permission to the abuser. Nobody has the right to behave abusively, period. But in any case, if you are being abused, you want to look at whether you are forcing someone else's hand by pushing his or her buttons. And if that person hasn't developed the emotional muscle, the impulse control to to control his mouth or his actions, it's a perfect storm. Now, I want to get practical for a sec and give you a blueprint for how to respond when a partner or anyone verbally abuses you, okay? And these are my 10 proven steps, what you have to do. One, when the other person begins to verbally abuse you, Tell that person, if you want to tell me calmly what I said or did and why it upset you, I will listen, but I will not allow you to talk to me that way. Second step, if the other person continues to abuse you verbally, walk away. The abuser has to get the idea that no attention, response, or reaction is going to be offered when that person is being abusive. Number three, Remember that yelling back at an abuser actually rewards the abuse, giving any attention and offering verbal comebacks are all types of reward. Reward. So remember to tell yourself that from now on, no longer offer any attention for abusive behavior. Number four, reward any constructive attempts on the other person's part to tell you what is bothering him or her, and always reward positive behavior and ignore negative behavior. Number five, often abused partners lack power in their relationships and feel financially or emotionally dependent. And the abuser knows this and senses that any abusive behavior is gonna be tolerated because the abused party feels that he or she cannot survive alone. So in order to break the power imbalance that underlies many types of abuse, do whatever is needed to reclaim your power. Go back to school, improve your earning potential, make new friends. Six, find out how the abuse relates to your history. Are you recreating your partner's abusive marriage? Are you uh, recreating your parents' abusive marriage? Are you replaying abuse that you suffered as a child? In order to break the abuse cycle, you need to understand why you have chosen an abusive partner and or tolerate abuse. And you also have to figure out what childhood wound you are trying to heal through this recreation of earlier abuse, and then heal that wound. And once you heal, you're no longer going to be willing to tolerate the abuse. Remember, if you haven't done so already, read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. It shows you how to do this step by step. Number seven, ask yourself, what do I hope to gain by putting up with abuse? When I ask many abused partners this question, and they do a little soul-searching, they're surprised to find that they secretly believe that tolerating the abuse is going to eventually bring them reward. Sooner or later, I'm going to be loved or appreciated for my tolerance. Wrong. Tolerating abuse yields more abuse. Eight, since verbal abuse can lead to physical violence, or if you already feel physically endangered, remember, seek professional help at once. Number nine, ask your partner to join couples therapy with you. Also join a victim support group if you are the victim. And 10, improve your self-esteem by surrounding yourself with people who love and respect you. As you feel better about yourself, you're going to unconsciously begin to send the message that you will not permit yourself to be treated badly. And if the abuser senses that oh, excuse me, if, the, if you are the abuser and you're ready to turn over a new leaf and put a sock in your mouth, I have a tried and true way for you to reform your verbally abusive ways. And this technique consists of recognizing what's called the premonitory sensations. Now, the premonitory sensations are the physical sensations that you experience just before you blow an emotional gasket. Now, what you want to do is you want to, recognize what those sensations are just before you lose it. Do you feel hot in the face? Do you feel a volcano erupting in your gut? Does your head feel like it's going to explode? Do your muscles get tight? Does your gut nod up? Um, I'm going to give you a little quick story before we break to give you an example, because the ability to recognize the impulse and control yourself before you go into action is a learned technique, When I had a practice in New York City, a very famous family sent me their son-in-law. He had been arrested for flashing. This is no different than um, any kind of other impulse control. Uh, So I told him, look, we've got to develop impulse control. And the only way we're going to do it is for you to recognize the urge to whip it out and choose to keep it in your pants. And the same holds for anger. You've got to keep a civil tongue in your mouth, keep it in your pants, keep your tongue under wraps. And when you do, your muscle gets stronger. So the next time you feel those premonitory sensations, stop dead in your tracks, say and do nothing, physically distance yourself, tell yourself, I do not have permission to behave in a verbally abusive way, then figure out what was said or done to enrage you And if possible, connect the current trigger to your early history. And generally, the events in the present awaken old scars. And when you make the link to your original wound, much of your anger will dissipate. And then when you're calm, you can calmly describe what angered you in the present using my XY formula. That's outlined in Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. And ideally, talk about the original wound that the current event awakened so that you can use your relationship in the present to help you heal the old scar. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I'll give you a few little tweets to help you remember the messages of today's show.
0: Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit askdoctorlove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at askdoctorlove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business?
2: If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731.
3: That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now.
4: Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call, because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets.
0: You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love. And reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash grief relief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorff.com slash grief relief to find out more. And now back to Dr. Turndorf.
1: Hello again, and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. We're talking about how to handle a verbally abusive mate or how to overcome being a verbal abuser. And I'm going to give you some tweets just to drive home the messages in segment one, and then I'm going to get on to your questions. The next time you feel hot under the collar, remember it does no good to holler. Choose to keep your tongue in check or else your relationships will be a wreck. When you're angry, remember to only say or do what you know will be helpful to both of you. Don't be a schlub and use your tongue like a club. A verbal smack is a formal attack. Keep your tongue under lock and key and only say what's helpful to you and she. The way to not get stung is to check your tongue. Living in a constant checkmate will make you lose your mate. Rain in your mouth or your relationships will go south. All righty. So let's hit the reading between the sheets question that I promised to, to discuss. Dear Dr. Love, I've been with my boyfriend for a year now, but he has become cold toward me since we had a breakup about a month ago. Since then, he does not want to kiss, touch, hug, or make love to me. He says he needs time to get over what happened before. I also know he meets with his ex and that they meet every day while he makes excuses to meet with me. My family doesn't like him, so he feels like he has no future with me, but I don't see it that way. He says he wants to take things slow between us, and we start all over again like friends. But I can't handle that since I am so in love with him. He also says he feels uneasy around me because I keep pushing myself on him. Sometimes he says things that hurt my feelings, which he is aware of. He gives me a hard time when I make mistakes also. He has anger problems. He always lets it out on me. What do I do? I... Believe we have a future together. How can I help him get through what is he is going through? Balancing on the darker side of love. Well, at this point, you need to back off and stop pushing at him. Stop contacting him and stop asking for sex. If you're frustrated, take care of yourself. That's why God gave you a right hand or a left one if you're a lefty. But seriously, there's hard science behind my telling you to back off. (laughs) That was not a joke. You know... How put off you feel when someone tries to twist your arm and change your mind, right? You become more resistant and you pull away. Well, that's what he's doing in response to your pushing. And I can assure you that you're giving him ammunition to cry on his ex's shoulder. At this point, she's a source of comfort and you're just a nag. And there's another reason for backing off. When a woman comes off as pleading, begging, and desperate, she repulses a man. A man needs to see you as a catch. A woman who's attractive and desirable to other men, not hungry and needy. And if you don't stop pushing at him, you're going to lose him. I promise you this. Before backing off the way I'm instructing, I recommend that you tell him that you've thought it over and you understand why he's afraid to jump back in with you. And tell him that you realize that he hasn't felt heard or understood by you. And tell him you realize that you've hurt and angered him a lot. Tell him that you're going to be working on improving yourself now and that you'll wait for him to let you know when he wants to get together. Giving him this room will make him want to see you, presuming he hasn't truly given up on the relationship. Now, I know that backing off is going to be hard for you. I know you're afraid that if you don't keep pushing and contacting him that you're going to lose him. But as I said a minute ago, you're going to lose him if you don't do what I tell you. And I'm going to go a step farther and say That to keep him, you need to grow to the point that you know that no matter how much you love him, you are strong enough to live without him. This level of independence and self confidence is necessary for two reasons. An independent woman magnetizes men, and you need to be stronger in your own skin in the event that he's made up his mind to end the relationship. And I have my concerns on this point since he's so involved with his ex. During the back off, I encourage you to read Makeup Don't Break Up. You'll see it in my store at askdrlove.com. In the book, I talk to you about how to raise what I call your personal net worth, which consists of making yourself more appealing to him by the minute. And once you've reconciled, you need to be sure to handle your issues and conflicts properly. I did hear you say that he lets his anger out on you. So you also want to take a good look at why you're so mad and in love with a guy who mistreats you when he's angry. And I suggest you check out Kiss Your Fights Goodbye to help you figure out what old scar from your childhood is being played out for you and for him in this relationship. And by the way, I sense your family doesn't like him because they see how he mistreats you when he's angry. And if you both learn to communicate constructively and you get along better, I'm really hopeful that your family is going to come around too. So I gave you a lot to work on. Let me know how you make out. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back in a moment with more of your questions my mind.
0: Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit askdoctorlove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at askdoctorlove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business?
2: If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number.
3: Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now.
4: Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call, because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets.
0: You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love. And reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash grief relief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorff.com slash grief relief to find out more. And now back to Dr.
1: Turndorf. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm answering your questions. And this question is entitled, help me not drive him away. Dear Dr. Love, my boyfriend and I have been dating for two years, and we are very much in love. The problem we have is that I have a tendency to blow up at the wrong times about things that have been bothering me, but the catch is I don't know it was bothering me until I got mad. Now when we fight, I end the relationship then call him back one hour later. He's such a sweet guy and perfect for me. He makes me secure and everything I wasn't before I met him. Please help me not to drive him away. And I wanna thank you for, for taking the time to answer my question. Wow, I really commend you for asking that question because it took a lot of personal strength to admit that you have a problem and to get help for it. Improper handling of anger erodes so many marriages and relationships and that's why I wrote, kiss your fights goodbye. Doctor loves 10 simple steps to cooling conflict and rekindling your relationship. And obviously I can't condense an entire book into one short answer. So, I really encourage you to read the book to fully understand how to get a handle on your anger and stop your chronic fighting. And you'd also benefit from reading um, "Make Up, Don't Break Up" as well. Now, the problem that you're experiencing is called an impulse disorder, and don't think that you're the only one to suffer from this problem. An impulse disorder is really nothing more than a short or non-existent fuse. Think of those spy movies where the hero has a very long fuse. He lights the fuse and then he has time to escape before it explodes. Well, if we extend this metaphor to the realm of your emotions, what's happening for you is you are exposed to a trigger and there's instant detonation. And what we want is to create a long enough fuse so that you have a chance to step back, analyze the situation and choose a constructive way of dealing with the situation rather than just blowing up without warning. Most people who lose their tempers without warning do so because of another problem, and I call this a fight trap. And the, the fight trap that you're stalking, s- suffering from is what I call stockpiling, or sweeping your issues under your emotional rug. So let me explain. Many people have been taught to turn the other cheek, just let it go and forget it. And the problem is they aren't truly letting whatever it is go. The feelings just got buried in a very shallow grave. And feelings, they don't disappear. They build up. And feelings can only be contained for so long. Eventually, you reach the breaking point and boom, you explode without warning. So my rule of thumb is to check in with yourself and make sure before dropping an issue that you are sure you can truly let it go. If you aren't 100% certain, I encourage you to deal with the matter right away, in the moment, communicate your issue in a constructive manner, according to the steps that I outline in my conflict resolution program that I fully share with you and Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. Dealing in the moment and not stockpiling is the greatest insurance against future blowups. And to be able to deal in the moment with whatever has been done or said that doesn't land right with you, you need to cultivate self-awareness. So I want you to start to check in with yourself every 15 minutes or so. Ask yourself, how am I feeling? Am I comfortable? This way, it'll be less easy for you to overlook feelings and bury them under your emotional rug. But since you're a work in progress, we have to assume that you aren't gonna always catch yourself before you bury your feelings. And this means that you're gonna end up in situations where you are at risk of blowing up again. So I want to share with you one of my proven first aid techniques for recognizing the signs that you are about to lose it before you lose it. And when you have this skill down, you can walk away, breathe deeply, and or do whatever else you have to do to calm down before you speak. And the more you practice this technique, the more you are going to develop uh, an emotional resiliency, a strength to sustain the feelings without blowing up. In other words, that technique I just gave you is going to grow you a longer fuse. So sit down right now, close your eyes, breathe deeply, and think about one of your recent fights. Imagine what he said to upset you, and then try to recall how your body was feeling. And as soon as you start to become enraged, long before you open your mouth, become aware of the fact that you were experiencing physical warning signs that you were about to blow, okay? The problem is you simply haven't learned to identify the signs. But once you identify the sensations you experienced just before the blowup, you will be able to recognize them in real life. And here are some signs. You may start breathing rapidly. You may feel hot. You may start to sweat. You may feel a tightness in your chest or stomach. Identify what you feel when you're enraged and make a mental note. And the next time you feel these same physical sensations, you need to stop dead in your tracks and say to yourself, if I don't walk away now, I will say or do something that I will regret. And when you walk away, you will have the time to gather yourself and prepare how you will communicate what is bothering you. And Kiss Your Fights Goodbye is going to show you how to do this, what words to use, and so on. The key is you have to make the decision to not gratify yourself by getting your rocks off on him ever again. And yes, it does feel good to dump on someone, but you and the relationship pay a terrible price for this fleeting momentary release. So vow to never allow yourself this temporary relief ever again. And once you've made the resolution to change, you're going to find it easier to learn and put into practice the right way of communicating your anger. And Meanwhile, I'd like your guy to read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye with you because I'm sure that he isn't innocent in this story. There are many ways that one partner can push the other partner's buttons and come up smelling like a rose. And if you're blowing a gasket, he has got to be doing things to provoke you. So he needs to take a look at what he is doing. And I suspect he may be engaged in what I call secret warfare fight tracks, like forgetting promises or not keeping his word or withholding what you want. These are just few of the many indirect ways in which he may be releasing his aggression, leaving you to fume, rage, and blow up while he looks innocent. All right. I gave you a whole bunch of stuff to work on. I'd like to hear how you both do. Take a break. We'll be back in a moment.
0: Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group, as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit askdoctorlove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at askdoctorlove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business?
2: If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number.
3: Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now.
4: Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call, because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets.
0: You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, Visit drjamieturndorff.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorff.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf.
1: Hello again, and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm answering your questions. This question's entitled, Very Troubled. Dear Dr. Love, my live-in girlfriend and I fight very often of late, and it seems to me to be over the least little thing. I admit that I can get very irritated at times, but it seems that both of our tolerance levels have hit rock bottom. I love her with all my heart, but it seems that we are falling apart. I think it's related to the fact that she just will not let go of past problems. Whenever we fight, I swear that she has a satellite link up to a computer with all the things I did wrong catalog. And when we begin to argue, she slaps up the past to me and says a very mean thing. And what I would like to know is what can I do to make things better so that we can have a life together? Okay, so great question, short and obviously not sweet for you. Your girlfriend is caught in what I call a fight trap. And these are those dysfunctional fighting tactics that inevitably ruin our relationships. Her fight traps are bringing up ancient history and character assassination. When your girlfriend hurls ancient history in your face, you naturally feel attacked and defensive. And in this defensive state of mind, you're unable to listen to what is bothering her. And this creates yet another unresolved issue, more anger and frustration on her part and more crap to be thrown up to you in the future. So you're trapped in a major vicious cycle. Now, there's only one way to break your fighting cycle. And to do this, we must derail your girlfriend's fight traps. So you need to tell your girlfriend... I know I've said and done things to upset you in the past. Unfortunately, I can't change that, but I can start from now and try to understand what I did and how it made you feel. Next, you must guide your girlfriend to focus on one issue, the current one. She must describe the behavior that upset her right now and state how that behavior of yours made her feel. If she sidetracks onto ancient history, steer her back to the current issue. As for the character assassinations, we'll deal with that in a minute. Next, listen carefully to what she says is currently bothering her. Repeat back what you heard her say and ask her if you've understood and keep playing back what she says until she confirms that you've understood her. Taking responsibility for upsetting her. Remember, her feelings of upset aren't wrong or right. They're just her feelings and they need to be understood if you wanna resolve your conflicts and form a lasting relationship with her. So if you succeed in listening and understanding, she's going to feel much less angry with you. And little by little, if you take care of business in the moment, there will soon be no ancient history to throw in your face. As for the character assassination, she says mean things. Verbal abuse always turns up the heat on fights and leads to out-of-control fighting. So if you want to get along, the verbal abuse has to stop right now. When she starts verbally smashing you, you need to... Tell her that you understand that she feels angry with you and you are willing to listen if she tells you directly what you did and why it made her angry, but you will not sit for verbal abuse any longer. If she continues verbally creaming you, leave the room or the house, and soon she's going to get the message that if she wants to be heard, she's going to have to change her tune. And I suspect that she grew up watching parents verbally abuse each other or she was verbally abused, and I sense that you also have watched or experienced this type of abuse yourself. So both of you, understandably, know no other way to deal with conflict. But in any case, the suggestions I've given you can help both of you adopt a healthier way of handling anger. And Kiss Your Fights Goodbye is going to show you both how to end your destructive fighting. Uh, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye is really your conflict resolution Bible. It should be mandatory reading for everyone before you form a relationship with anyone. Friend, family, coworker, life partner, read it. This is not an easy problem, but Kiss Your Fights Goodbye is going to help you apply my conflict resolution program and will help you save the relationship. Okay, I'm going to get to the last question, verbal abuser. I've been with my boyfriend for over four years, and we have both verbally abused each other from time to time. It seems more often than not. I'm 26, and he's 30, and we're trying to break up, but we are still very much in love, but hurt at the same time. What can we do to forgive the hurt feelings and move on? We do want to be together, but we can't forgive the hurt. Please help. Okay, so I hear that you fear that there's too much water and harsh words under the bridge for you to stay together. And I also hear on another level, you both can't let go of each other. So basically, you're in a conflict. And I don't think you should make such an important decision in haste. Each of you needs to take time to talk about what makes you want to stay and what makes you want to go. You both love each other. That's clear. And I think that you both know that you were brought together to help each other learn an essential lesson. And that is the necessary lesson of how to behave properly when you're anger, angry. Now, I know you, I know you both feel hurt and unable to forgive and forget. And nobody says that you have to be untrue to your feelings. But I am quite sure that you both could learn to let the past go under one, one very important condition you both have to commit to stop adding insult to injury. If unkind words are ever said again, the old wounds will be ripped open again and neither of you will ever heal. In other words, in order to stay in this relationship, relationship, you both have to promise to never ever say anything damaging to each other again. And if you stick to your word, the old wounds will begin to heal. And if you have decided to commit to this plan, then I'm going to show you how to stop the verbal abuse. First, Recognize the thoughts and feelings that precede the verbal abuse. And each of you have to identify your hot spots. What sets you off? And you have to come to recognize these warning signals before you go off. And a warning might be a physical sensation, a feeling like, your, your head's going to blow off or tightness in your chest or stomach. So you each need to get in touch with what your warning signals are before you blow. And then once you know what they are, you have to make the commitment that whenever a warning sign appears, you're going to stop and prevent yourselves from acting or speaking. And at that moment, you're to say to yourself, I'm not permitted to say or do anything damaging to him or her hurting him or her is hurting myself. And the rule of thumb is if you, Can't say something that would be helpful and constructive, then walk away. and Don't come back until you can behave and speak properly. And if you both have the same goal at heart, which you do, then you can help each other to achieve it. You both know that you need to grow in this area. Realize that if you break up and move on to new partners, you're going to still need to do this growth work anyway. And since you love each other, why not help each other achieve this vital goal? This type of work is not easy to accomplish alone. Usually it needs to be done in a couples therapy setting, but you can make the commitment to do this. And if you decide ultimately to work in couples therapy, make sure you choose a therapist that doesn't follow the cathartic model, which is let it all rip. That would be death for both of you and death to the relationship. And I've had Thousands of people come to me over the decades who were in that kind of couples therapy where the therapist lets them take turns dumping on each other. And oh my gosh, don't do that. So commit to doing the work. No need to break up now. You can always break up later, which I don't think you'll need to do if you do the work and follow my steps as I outline them and kiss your fights goodbye. And if you're really, really, really stuck, um, I could give you guys a, um, a single session to set you straight, get you on the right path. You can. I have, um, you know, a discovery session right at AskDoctorLove.com, and I also have packages: couples transformation packages, individual transformation packages. I don't do a lot of work. I'm very selective about who I work with privately. But you could do the uh, solo session with me, and if I think that uh, you're a good fit and that I, I can help you we could go on to do a package. All right, so that's all we have for this week. I gave you a lot of information. Impulse control is a skill that takes time to develop. You have to make the decision to keep a civil tongue in your mouth, keep it in your pants, right? And with practice, you build psychic muscle, just like going to the gym. You don't lift 100 pounds day one. You, If you were to pick up 100 pounds, you'd drop it on your toe. So you start slowly, build that muscle, practice the techniques that I'm teaching you. And before you know it, You're going to be in the deep end of deep connection. All right, guys. I hope you have a wonderful week. Email me with any topics you want me to cover on the show and any questions that you'd like me to to address for you here. That's all I have for you. Take good care till next time.
0: You've been listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at AskDrLove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times.